Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 319 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hi, Sarah. So I'm excited about today. This is officially a series now, Megan, because we said it was a series, but we'd only done it once. So now sometimes we say (laughs) things and then we have to make them true. It's like a great strategy for like, I don't know if you decide something is the way it is, then you kind of have to follow through. Right. So that's what we've done here, especially when you say it publicly (laughs) in front of thousands of people. So this is a part of our house rules for blank series, which is uh, first and foremost, it's a crowdsourced effort. So a house rule is any little simple mantra or little rule that helps family life operate more smoothly. And the beauty is they're very specific to each family. So we did house rules for sibling harmony about a month ago, and we got so many great suggestions from our listeners that really, I feel like you and I get just get to kind of sit back and, and let the, let the brilliance of our listeners shine in these. So it's really fun. It is really fun. And I think that what, one of the things I really loved about reading through these is how for a lot of um, a lot of people, house rules, well, house rules while you're at home or in home situations tend to feel like rules. And what I've noticed about vacation rules is that there's like a, a great mix of rules being anti-rules mm-hmm. and rules being rules. Does that make sense? Like totally. there's all these rules that are like, now we have no rules and we're like releasing the rules. And I feel like those probably come from the families where there's just maybe some more, um, really specific and concrete rules in the household. And then you go on vacation and it's like, and now we release you, you are released from these rules. But then there's also like the rules that like help keep your sanity intact because you know, if you, for example, let the kids hang out in a gift shop after they get off a ride at like an amusement park, (laughs) if there's no rule around getting out of there, you could just spend your entire vacation in the gift shop. So I just love that there's that mix of like actual rules and like the opposite of rules that still become rules. Yes. No, absolutely. And the thing about vacation is it's supposed to be fun, but everyone who has traveled with very small children knows it's not, well, first of all, sometimes it's just not fun, but sometimes Sometimes it's just not, Yes, (laughs) but sometimes it takes a little forethought 
to give yourself the space and the peace so that you can even begin to enjoy your own vacation. And we have a couple, actually, we have quite a few other travel episodes that I'll link up in the show notes. Um, but it's funny when we were finishing up the last time we did house rules and I kind of lobbed this idea at you while we were on the, on the mic. And I, I said, I think you're going to hate this because it's such a Sarah thing to be rulesy on vacation. And you actually were like, no, I think, I think that's a real thing. And then our listeners validated that, that we, we all have found boundaries and systems, even though the whole idea is we're supposed to be letting go and having fun. We can't, we can't undo our momness, which, which really thrives on those systems. And for me being like less rule oriented in my home, I was actually when my kids were a little more rule oriented while traveling because everything else was so outside of my control. I felt like in my house, I can kind of control a lot yeah. and then let the people within the home navigate the space the way they want to sort of. But when you go out into the world and suddenly like anything is possible and there's just like endless opportunities, you have to put some boundaries around that. And then sometimes you also have to release some boundaries that don't make sense yes. in that in that world. So I love this. It's, it's like the it's like some of these almost sound opposite, but they all somehow go together thematically, which is so great. They do. Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya, is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay. Much to discuss here, but reading through the house rules for vacation that our listeners submitted, two of the biggest ones were around 
snacks, and screens, which is not surprising because feeding your family and managing screen time, I mean, those are top two, whether you're at home or on the road, but vacation and travel really changes the way kids eat and the way we use screens, both for our benefit, for a break. Um, And so there was so many here. And like you alluded to in the beginning, Megan, some of this is releasing the rules from home and like, you know, almost Mm. using snacks and screens and treats as little little incentives to get through a hard travel day, maybe or a little reward or just like a free for all because we're on vacation. But then the the flip side of that is that the limits and the expectations are still helpful because, well, on the food side, it can be very expensive to just get every treat and every snack from every convenience store that you pass on your road trip. Um, And we've all dealt with kids who aren't eating well or aren't sleeping well or who are up all night on their iPads. So what what came through for me is both, like you said, a releasing of the rules from home, but not a complete abandonment of limits and expectations on these two like big money categories. Yeah. And Sarah, I think the thing that I would say about um, all of these rules is that over the years, I have tweaked and changed them all. And one that pops into my head, and I know we're going to talk about this later, is like whether you let your kids spend their own money on souvenirs, whether you let them, whether you let them buy souvenirs. I just think one of the things with anything we with anything we set up as a rule or a an opportunity to create rules, it's also an opportunity to change and recreate rules totally. and like make it work for you. So if your kids are like, you know, not at the age where they can gracefully exit a store without freaking out if they don't get to buy something, you might have a different rule than if they're older and maybe can manage their own money. And, and personality plays into that too. I had kids who would be completely paralyzed by too many choices and others who could really manage it well. So just keeping in mind again, that like, these are all suggestions and over time you may just have to tweak and, right. and experiment. Well, right. And I think what's so fun about this series is we, and we said this last month when we did it, we're not suggesting you adopt all of these house rules. Some of them fly directly in the face of others, right? What we're doing is like peeking into other families' homes so that you can cherry pick what your stage of life and your philosophy warrants at this time. So it would actually make no sense to, we're not suggesting you take all of these tips. We're presenting them in a buffet and allowing you to pick and choose. Um, okay. So let's dive into talking about eating and drinking, a lot of which is snacks and treats. Um, and some general themes emerged right down to, I would say, almost identical rules in some families. Um, so one theme that came out is picking a special treat or looking forward to one special thing that doesn't happen at home, but there was still structure about it and the kids knew what it was and when to expect it. So Elizabeth said, that in their family, chocolate milk is only purchased at an airport and Sprite and ginger ale are only purchased at restaurants. Now, her kids are going to get old enough to know that chocolate milk is available other places. My kids see it in Starbucks every time. But in their family, chocolate milk is the drink you get at the airport and Sprite or ginger ale is the drink you can get at a restaurant. And so I love the simplicity of that. And I love that it eliminates the asking and the the like questioning and the begging and the negotiating at other places. Yep. So that's awesome. We had a very similar rule that was only clear pop um, at restaurants, like restaurants only and only clear pop for a really Mm -hmm. long time. And I remember the first time my kids got to have a Coke at home, it was like, 
they looked like they were getting away with murder, right. honestly. Like right. they just didn't even know what to do. Yeah. So again, these rules can change, but it's, it does simplify. And then later they're so excited. If oh. you ever go outside of that, they're so excited. Oh, they're so excited. Um, and so many of these are the things that the kids look forward to on vacation. So Joanna asked her kids if they thought they had any house rules about vacation because her kids are little. And her kids said, we only get tiny cereal boxes on vacation. Joanna hadn't even thought that that was a rule, but her kids know that's when we get the tiny cereal boxes. Um, Jillian's kids are only allowed gum on long car rides because it helps with their car sickness. And it probably allows her to say no to gum every other time. So we got a variety of these and I won't go through them all, but, but I like them because it's putting the treat or the snack or the special thing, attaching it to a vacation, which honestly is more of a house rule for the rest of the time, because you get to say, no, like that's the cereal we get on vacation. Okay. So another theme that came up a lot was hydration and, um, a lot, like I would say the, the recurring theme was that water is like the go-to like water on in the car, water. One thing I didn't really think about was that Anne said on road trips, we only drink water. You drink when you're thirsty, not because something is sweet or yummy. Potty stops reduced by half. I hadn't even thought about that aspect of it. Like the more delicious something is and the more it's um, coveted by the kids, the more likely they are to guzzle it. And then you wind up having to stop at the bathroom yeah. a whole bunch of times. Um, Gigi said the same thing. When traveling, any all snacks are allowed, but only water to drink on travel days. Jamie said water is mandatory. Food is when you feel like it. And Brianna said no milk-based products allowed in the car. I didn't, I, we had a sippy cup of milk roll under the driver's seat. Uh -huh. I didn't find it until the milk turned to curds and the pressure <laughs> popped the lid up. I have experienced this. Me I too. totally know what you're getting me at. Too. Oh my gosh. Though not even on vacation. I think that was just me driving around town or something. So one thing I will say, because now, you know, we're talking about the fact that like not everyone's rules are going to be the same. When my kids were little, uh, my bigger kids were little, the options at the gas station for like water with like a sippy lid was very limited. And so, and like, even just like the sizes of the bottles were different. Like they're, you know, this was like uh, 23 years ago was mm -hmm. when I started doing road trips. And at the time, I think you could buy like Dasani and Aquafina water. And that was kind of it. Maybe Evian, there weren't that many brands and it was hard for little hands to hold some of those bigger bottles. Yeah. So on road trips, I would buy, so embarrassing. I would buy my kids bug juice, which is essentially Kool-Aid, oh, yeah. but it comes in a little kid friendly, like kid hand friendly bottle with like a big, like a sport top. Know, yeah. Like a sport top. Yes. And that is the kind of thing that in my home would have been anathema. I would never have had anything like that in my house. It's basically sugar water. But on a trip, it was cheap and easy to buy three, four, five, however many kids I had of those and hand them out. They were small. The yep. kids could all hold them. They could all manage the tops by themselves. I didn't have to like constantly turn around and get someone's water bottle and unscrew the top Perfect. and then hand it back. And so for me, that really, really worked. But my kids would also no more have ever asked for a bug juice, like at the grocery store. Like they never right. would have asked for that. So again, that was like the anti-rule. Right. You know, yeah. it was a road trip, yeah. a road trip drink. And that's it. Yeah, exactly. I love exactly. it. Exactly. Okay. Well, we got so many people with this exact same rule and I have done this myself, but I don't think I've done it every time. So it was a good reminder for me. And the general rule is mom packs each kid a big gallon Ziploc of pre-portioned snacks and hands it to that child at the beginning of the day. 
Um, a lot of these were for road trips, um, but it could work for a long air travel day too. I have done the same for air travel. Um, and then that kid is responsible for managing their intake throughout the entire day, which means if you run out of snacks, as Anne said, I don't want to hear it if you've eaten all your snacks by 1030 a.m. So, Megan, I don't know if you th- if there's an age in your mind where this could start to work. Certainly by five, I think. Um, I don't know that a toddler's going to like understand this, but I have definitely done this. And we had Anne, Melissa, Abby, Jess all mention this strategy. Um, it's a little more work for mom on the front end, but then you're not doing that thing where like, oh, I'll bring a big bag of like potato chips for the road trip food. And then you're trying to like pass it around or one kid ate half of them and everyone's mad. So the pre-portioning and then the kids managing their own, like they're going to be excited about the snacks. The snacks are going to be road trip snacks, but they have to, they have to figure out how to ration themselves throughout the day. So I would even argue that a that a maybe not a toddler toddler, but I would say a three or four year old yeah. maybe isn't as um they're maybe not going to be like quite as skilled yet as at rationing, but they still are going to understand the concept of mine. Yeah. When it's gone, it's gone. And, you know what I mean? And when it's gone, it's gone. And if, if there's no option that they get to dive into anyone else's bag, if that's just off the table, then they might not be good at it, but like they kind of can't complain. Right. And we have to remind, like, I feel like it's important to remind parents that your kids aren't going to starve on a field, on a field trip, on a road trip. Like it's, you know, they're, they have everything that they need and this is comfort and boredom for the most part and entertainment, like food is entertainment at that point. So really if they run out of something and even if they're not happy about it, okay, that's right. all right. Like they don't actually need to eat every 45 minutes. And yep. I think sometimes it's when they want it because they're bored we may misinterpret that as they need it because they're hungry. And those are very much two different things. Uh, You will also get your kids' individual personalities. You'll get this with spending money too, but it's so funny to watch older kids delay gratification or decide like which favorite thing they're going to have first. And it's just so, it's such a funny peek into their personalities. Um, Abby's version of this was a little different. And so for some reason, if the, each kid getting their own, like, big assembly doesn't work for you. Abby packs a bunch of individual bags of sweets, fruits, veggies, crackers, and then she keeps it all up in the front, uh, the front seat and, and tosses it back. I'm like literally picturing her like <laughs> tossing over the shoulder when a kid is ready for a snack. And so that way she could still kind of like figure out how she's doling it out. But the key was to pre-portion in individual. So you're not like, you know, can I have the, I don't know what it would be like a bag of chips or whatever that there's lots of yeah. small portions ready to be doled out. So I like that too. I also want to say that as a mom of older kids now that I still do a decent num- amount of, of road travel with them, there will maybe possibly, depending on your kids' makeup of personalities, be a point at which you can delegate the job of snack manager to someone besides you. Ooh, and that is a magical moment. Love it. And in my life, it's typically been the kid who is the most like, what's the word I'm looking for? Non-emotional about it. <laughs> and the one who's like kind of invested in being like the foreman uh-huh. of the snack project, um, the snack factory, if you will, but also can do it in a way that's like both fair and also like they take care of themselves first a little bit, uh-huh. but in a way, like I don't know, in, a, in my house, it's always will. I know that it's not a surprise. He always kind of gets his while also being very good natured and fair about the way he doles it out. Mm-hmm. So there's really no fighting. And, and he's had that job since he was probably nine or 10. Oh, that's amazing. That's really, I know that's really good. 
I haven't yeah. done anything like that, but it does remind me Allegra's always been the um, technology helper because she's the oldest yeah. and she just knows like she can do whatever she wants. But if someone like can't get their headphone jack plugged in or like lost the jetpack Wi-Fi or whatever we're trying to do, she is tech support. So, yeah, good to have. Good yeah, to he's, delegate. he's 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 snack support. And honestly, it actually really helps, too. When we're getting like close to like making a stop, he can let me know what we're low on. I mean, it's just it's like having a little delegator inventory management. Yeah. Inventory management. It's like um, what's the other like uh, supply chain management. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But he also cares because he likes to snack. So it's like he he's get he's making everyone else happy while also making himself happy. Mm -hmm. And then I don't have to do it. So it's kind of perfect. It's perfect. Um, speaking of delegating, I also think kids get to a certain age where you can have them involved in picking out the travel day snacks. Um, you know, either it could be an online grocery order, you could be like at Target um, and packing them up themselves. So that's a great thing to delegate. You still probably are going to you're going to be the one to set the rule and expectations. But remember that you've got lots of little helpers and they're probably motivated because you're probably buying junkier stuff than you usually do because it's vacation. So, right. Exactly. All right. Well, let's transition to talking about screens. And we did. There's another like strong through line on a couple themes here where moms have arrived at the same genius independently of each other. Yeah. So one thing I think is interesting about this is the theme we picked up on is that not all road trips are created equal. So is 20 minutes uh, (laughs) a road trip? It turns out most moms who chimed in on this really think that like there must be a legitimate length of time to unlock the screens. Um, so that you don't get in the habit of like, Hey, we're going to the grocery store. We all need like, mom, give me your phone. And also an iPad. Like it, this, it becomes like, there's a, there's some kind of parameter around that. Um, so Molly said, uh, she only allows screens in the car if the trip is two hours or more. So really only if it's a true trip and not just like a day trip, like just a daily adventure. Um, However, if she's on an airplane, no rules apply. We'll get more into that later. That seemed to be kind of an airplane theme. Um, Elizabeth has kind of the same theme of the rule, but with a slightly different twist. And hers is no screens unless the trip is more than an hour or just adjust to whatever time makes it so that your kids are not asking for screens every time they get in the car. And then Ingrid said same thing, except for with a DVD player. I hadn't even thought about that. Like sometimes there's a thing in the car that everyone's looking at, right? So you then it's not even individual kids with their individual screens. It's like the one screen everyone's looking at. So she said four hours or longer. And if it, the trip is less than four hours, they use car games, singing, napping, et cetera. I think that this is really brilliant and also very much depends on what your family's regular driving habits look yes, like. So totally. for some families, for some families, an hour might be the, the, the most they drive in a six month period. Maybe some people it's like, getting around town doesn't take more than five minutes. And they've got toddlers who are like in a time of life where it's kind of hard for them to focus on, you know, a game or looking out the window because they're not used to hour long rides. So I think this is one of those definitely like customize that rule to whatever makes the most sense for your lifestyle. I agree. And nobody mentioned, um, the, the maximum length of a car ride And I want to bring that up because we did so many two and a half to three hour car rides um, when we lived in Orange County and drove up to Santa Barbara. So we had this three hour window like we just had that pat like we knew exactly how to do that length. And every once in a while we do like a six or seven. And I like would have this moment where I was like, I don't know if I want read on iPad games like the really like addictive, like repetitive 
the kind where that your eyes just cross after a while. I'm like, I don't know right. if I want him to do that for six hours straight <laughs> where it's like right. for a couple hours. It just didn't bother me. So we did um, a one hour off, one hour on a few times on trips to Arizona. And that worked well. Like the whole car could do whatever screens they wanted for an hour. And then for the next hour, we would do an audiobook together or we'd talk or we'd sing. And then the next hour and literally just alternate one hour on one hour off. And that worked well for us, too. So nobody brought up a maximum, just a minimum. So I wanted to bring that up because right. if you're in the car for 12 hours, maybe your kids do fine doing screens for 12 hours. I'm not here to judge that at all. But for me, I had to look for like, what are some ways to break up the time if the road trip is actually too long to be that permissive on screens? So totally agree. Um, so another one that came up and I laughed because I have this is no screens on until fill in the blank. And the reason I think this happens to families is the kids get very excited. They know they're going to get their iPad or they're going to get more. They're going to get more screens than they usually do. So they want them like when you're pulling out of now. the driveway, like now. And so <laughs> they might want them in their hands before they even get in the car. Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And we learned the hard way with airport travel that our family rule became no screens until after security. Because the check-in and the luggage checking and the security process and the parking before that and the getting to the airport before that, um, it involves so many stops and starts for kids that it was so stressful and disruptive to be like, get off your iPad. We got to go through security. And so even though it could buy you a little piece, it was creating more, uh, what's the opposite of peace, like more disruption to have them constantly interrupted. So for airports, for us, it was no screens until you're through security. And some people said, uh, Joyce said on airplanes, they don't even start until they're on board. And we had a few other people say that too. Um, and then for cars, lots of people had the theme of no screens until you're basically like on the highway. And we've, we've done that as well. First of all, my kids get car sick. If I'm letting them on their yeah. iPads, when we're just getting on to exit the highway. ramps uh -huh. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's a general rule for us. And Stacy, I loved hers because their specific family rule is no screens until we're not on the gravel because they live in an area where they have a lot of gravel road until they get on the highway. So the kids know like when that crunch of gravel stops and you're on the smooth road, you can get out the iPad. So uh, lots of people had a version of like, when do, when does this, um, extra street screen time start? And I think it's fully within mom's purview to declare an arbitrary, you know, point in the day when you're allowed to open up your tablet. Well, I'm thinking back to when, you know, this was more of my lifestyle was like a lot, a lot of road trip, a lot of road trips with little kids. Right. And there would always be that last we would always hit a gas station before we got on the freeway it was like the, I mean, we'd leave. And then even if we didn't need gas, there was always that like last stop, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. we're going to stop here. And like, maybe this is when we get some gum or we're like going to get like one little road snack or whatever it is. Like for real, we're getting on the highway now. I know we said we had to go to the bathroom. Did everyone really go to the bathroom? Like last chance. And that was when we would ask them not to get the, on their screen still before then, because the most annoying thing is, we're going to go to this place and then they all have their screens out. And now no one's paying attention to me when I'm asking them to go to the bathroom or to like, you know, what their snacks that they need or whatever. Maybe someone wants to get out. Like you can't do it until we're on the highway. Yeah. Another thing that I think really works well is to have a no screens after blank yes. benchmark. So Agreed. if you are coming to a town where you have to make quick decisions, like the valet is going to park your car, you all got to get out or you got to park and go to the plane and you're maybe not late or anything, but you want to make it snappy and you don't want to sit there while everyone's putting their stuff away, getting their shoes back on. So we always had like a 15 minute, mm -hmm. um, 
whatever that was from whatever the destination was like, we're there 15 minutes. We'll be there. So now is the time everything gets put away. Yep. Cords get wrapped up. Anything you want on your person gets put in your personal bag and shoes go back on your feet. Cause man, there is nothing more annoying than thinking everyone's ready when you get to your destination and then half the kids don't have their shoes on anymore. A hundred percent agree. Or like pulling up to grandma's house that you haven't seen in a year. And your four-year-old <laughs> is like playing angry birds. And he's like, Hey, like, right. he's like, won't even look up. And the grandma's like, right. Oh, so nice hey. of you to come. <laughs> exactly. I feel like that's exactly. probably happened to me. And I probably learned that the hard way. Like, I swear he's excited to see you, but also right. he likes angry. He's birds also more. really excited about this game. Right. Um, so another a theme that came up with screens were that, you know, sometimes the ones that aren't allowed at home are allowed on vacation, which can be a really brilliant way for moms and dads to get a break. Right. So Megan said uh, they don't do any handheld devices for kids at home. But when they go on vacation, the kids are each allowed to go to the library and pick a, lear- a learning pad to check out and bring with them. So because they don't do them at home, it entertains them for hours and then they get a nice, enjoyable ride hashtag, you know, road trip is fun for mom too, Yes, which often is not the case. Right. Um, Brittany says for several years now, my six-year-old is only allowed to watch Peppa Pig. If we are on an airplane (laughs) started because I hate listening to it at home. And now she looks forward to Peppa on the plane. Not sure how many years I can make this last. I love that because we all have our arbitrary things that annoy us Mm -hmm. and that we would choose to never have infiltrate our homes if we can get away with it. And then if we're on a trip, it's like, it feels so special to the kid for us to basically just release our own, perhaps slightly irrational, you know, displeasure Mm -hmm. with a certain pig character or whatever it is. We're all allowed to have those. And then we're allowed to relax the standards in a way that makes us look like heroes. Yep. Um, and lets the kids have more fun. And then Christina says, we watch TV from eight to 9am at the beach. Then after that, we can start getting ready to go out. That allows the parents to sit and enjoy breakfast in peace. And it prevents the inevitable early trip to the beach and then having the kids over it by 10. I love that because then that gives parents a chance to like ease into the day mm-hmm. and like enjoy their morning without like rushing the kids out the door and then having the whole thing done by like late morning and being mm-hmm. like, well, wow, now what? Well, right. And yeah. when and when that happens, you're you're probably resorting to screens anyway in the afternoon, which good for you. Do that also. But I love building in like, you know, she I think she said later in this comment that they don't normally just turn on the TV in the morning. Mornings are when you get up, you get dressed, you do your thing. But man, with early risers, I can tell you that it's kind of a bummer to have done all of your fun things and look at the watch and it's like 1115. You're like, it's not even lunchtime, you know, so Right. I love right. building. And now what do we do? Yeah, yeah. Building that into the rhythm of the day in a way the kids are going to feel like this is Christmas because it's not what they do at home, but it's also setting the tone for the rest of your day. So I love that. This episode is sponsored by Olive in June. And Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive and June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine. Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive and June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring. Yeah, and Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. 
They look so real, and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now, and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me. Okay, well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners, visit oliveandjune.com slash themomhour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, so obviously the big themes or the big things that just like kind of come up again and again with road trips and other kinds of travel is snacks and screens. And we've talked a lot about that, but there's other rules we can incorporate that can make those trips less stressful and more fun, both for us and for the kids. So I know we have a whole bunch, um, both about cars and road trips and airport travel. So yeah. Sarah, you want to take a few? Yeah. So let's um, let's stick with the car trips for now. Um, several moms talked about strategies for and rules for the whole like, are we there yet? <laughs> and generally annoying car behavior. So this is like a general catch all and I'll go through a few. Um, so Heidi said, if you ask how long until we get there, we will lie. Meaning the parents keep track yourself <laughs> from the first time that is given. And I just really appreciate the beauty I and the simplicity of that. this. I love it. Um, so obviously they tell their kids what time we're expected to get there or what time it is like, give the kids enough information once. And then if you ask again, we're going to lie. Uh, there's something just kind of funny about that. There, it's like, so it's like so diabolical, but so amazing. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, obviously she's having fun with it and the kids would learn right away very quickly that there is no sense in asking again, because they're going to get right. a, a nonsense answer. If lie feels kind of like a strong word. Like they're not going to get, they, they need to pay attention the first time. So I love that. Okay. This is genius. And we had a lot of discussion in the Facebook group about this one. And this comes from the mom generation. So Jill is our listener, but growing up, her mom took in the car with her baby food jars labeled with each of the kids' names and filled with quarters. Okay. So you're picturing this. They're on a road trip. The mom in the front yep. seat has baby food jars up on the dash. She said, filled with quarters labeled with each kid's name. If we were not listening, fighting, whining, etc., she took a quarter away. Sometimes she didn't even say anything. Just reach for a jar and open it and remove the quarter. But this is so good. When we got to our destination, whatever money was left, we got to spend on whatever we wanted. Um, so that I love that there's the immediate, genius. like almost immediate, like um, payoff or or yes or expense. You know what I mean? Because like kids don't always they're not always able to kind of make the connection between this punishment and what I want to do right now, or not even punishment, right. like this, this consequence or this reward and my desire right now. But if it happens like literally that same day, yeah, that's a pretty great motivation. And it's a really very, isolated very game. It's not a big like threat type of like disciplinary right. thing. It's almost, it just sort of gamifies what we all know, which is we can get on each other's nerves in the car. And the goal is to get to the destination in one piece. And like, it reminds me of like, it's like an analog video game for a road trip. It's just like you get coins, you get coins taken away, like, and then you get to yep. spend the rest. I love it. 
Um, this and- reminds me of when my siblings paid me a quarter to be quiet in the car when I was a kid. I was oh. very insulted by it, but I, but I would be quiet because I wanted the quarter. <laughs> and I knew I talked too much. I mean, I was the baby of the family, so I was already sad most of the time anyway. Like, but like fake sad, you know, like uh-huh. drama sad. Oh. Um, and I, but hey, I made a lot of money on those trips. Yeah, they had way, way more money than I did. Yeah, you did. When I was little. So I just shut up and took their quarters. I Pretty love great. it. I love it. Well, Courtney has a similar system about the are we there yet and combining with a little incentive. So for their driving trips, um, they get $10 in cash for each kid in $1 bills. So each kid has 10 ones. Uh, Kids are only allowed to ask, are we there yet once? And after that, they forfeit a dollar to mom each time they ask whatever money is left is their fun money for the trip. So that one actually combines like the previous two. It's, it solves the, are we there yet? Repeated asking. And it also creates the little, the little spending money game, which I just, so, so smart. So smart. Um, I just have to share something really quick now that I have older kids. So I went on a road trip with my um, teenagers and my almost teenager and my boyfriend and his teenage daughter at spring break. And my kids thought it would be really funny to start asking him if we were there yet. Like, <laughs> even before we left, which actually was very funny because they're not little kids anymore. Yeah. So we, we were like half, you know, like halfway down the block and they're like, Hey, Eric, are we there yet? And <laughs> so that was really funny. And then just last week, Owen's like, yeah, so mom, it's like, are we there yet a meme? And I said, what do you mean? He's like, is that just a meme from like nowadays? And I, I honestly, I had no idea what he was talking about. I think what he meant was, is that just a thing that people have turned into a meme to like joke about the olden days or something. And I was like, no, that's just always been a thing. Yeah, that's like, just what kids, kids have say. always. That's just what kids have always said since cars were invented. Are we there yet? Maybe since buggy, like horse and buggy days. Are we there yet? That's but he didn't funny. understand. He's like, oh, so that's just like a funny meme though, right? He didn't get it. Uh, yeah, that's so but funny. they said it plenty when that's they were so little. Funny. So another theme that came up is road trip potty breaks. And man... I have dealt with a lot of this in my life as a mom. I definitely remember like pulling over on the um, side of the road and having kids pee out the, out the van door, yeah. which doesn't work as well if you have little girls. Um, so my rule was always like go as often as possible, like early and often. Um, and that was really the theme that we've got from a lot of people. Kimberly, Monica, and Becca all said, if we stop, you go. Mm-hmm. Like, if we go to, if we stop anywhere where there's a bathroom, you get out of the car and you try. Now, what I have come to realize as my kids have gotten older is that some of them have bladders of steel and really don't have to go. And some of them don't drink a lot of water on trips. And so it was kind of annoying to make them all get out of the car, sometimes waking them up, yeah. sometimes making kids climb over kids. And so I'm now a little more like Lori, who says, I will designate certain bathroom breaks as half two breaks meaning everyone has to go, even if they weren't the one who said they needed to go. And even if they think they don't need to. Um, and so having certain bathroom breaks that way, I think is really smart, but some kids just pee more often. And sometimes I'm the one now who like has to go more often than anybody else. And because I have big kids, I can just, and because I'm the driver most of the time now, I'll just pull off at a rest stop and they're all looking at me like, seriously, I'm like, Hey, I gotta go. (laughs) And you know, I can leave the keys in the car now and just say, if all of you get out, somebody take the keys and lock it. But otherwise, just hang. You yeah. can wait. And that is coming. I know how hard it is to imagine that if you have little kids that you could just run into the bathroom and go and leave your kids in the car. But when they're, you know, 17 and yeah. 15, you'll be able to do that. So 
it's like a totally different thing. But th- those bathroom breaks, man, that could really wreck your trip. If like three little kids are asleep and then someone in the way back's yeah. like, I have to pee and you just get back on the road. Yeah. Well, I yeah. see it as like preventive maintenance, almost like preventive peeing. Yep. And that's what like, I think that's what came through here <laughs> is like peeing. We're, we're trying to avoid the the whole anyone has to go. We're actually trying to go potty so often or so coordinatedly that nobody has the surprise like I got to go potty from the back seat because you've like you've preempted that. I love I love Lori's declaring some are have to and some are optional. Um, and if you have a big, busy family, like you said, Megan, maybe it's not realistic that everybody goes every time. And Lori made the point is that's not just for road trips, but it works also for like things like amusement parks and sightseeing. And yes. I have definitely done that with two girls and one boy. If Brian and I are together, it's like, OK, if we're at a ladies restroom and someone has to go, we're all going in. The next time a dude has to go, both of you are going in because we're not going to do this again, even if. Even if right. we could find a bathroom, why would we want to five times when we could do it once or twice? It's just a big ordeal. So yeah. let's just all go when we can do it. Yeah. 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 I think another thing that I've kind of realized about road trips, particularly, and so a road trip being the kind of trip where you're not like under a lot of pressure to get someplace in a specific amount of time is that sometimes the, uh, the, the bathroom break or like the stop for the, another bottle of water or whatever, like becomes part of the trip. And there's definitely been like long trips. And I'm not talking like, let's just get in the car and drive three hours and get to the airport. Let's just drive, you know, four hours and get to Auntie Rose's house or whatever it is. These are like the ones where we're going to be in the car across multiple states and it's going to take us days to get there. I've gotten much more relaxed about saying sometimes the potty break is just part of the trip. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the stop for more bottles of water is just part of the trip or whatever it is. And I almost have to relax my wanting to just get to there. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on the kids, some of them just want to stop more just to stretch their legs or just because they're getting restless. And I think it really kind of can depend on like the um, personalities of your kids and your goal Yes, and like your itinerary yes. and how that works. So just throwing that out there. The stops get a lot less stressful as kids get older. And we, you, yes. you've talked so many times on the show about we get reflexive about avoiding pain, like mother pain, motherhood pain, like, right? You know, right. that that hassle of taking tiny kids into a dirty gas station bathroom, like we're reflexive about protecting ourselves from that experience for so long that you realize like, oh, it's actually not that hard with a seven, nine and 11 year old to do a quick right. stop, stretch our legs. And it might even be it might even be fun. Um, and so sometimes it's a retraining of the the measures you put in place for sanity when your kids were tiny you know, you can relax those as time goes on. And we've, that's kind of a theme we've returned to on the show a a bunch. So, yeah, well, let's talk a little bit more about air travel. We, we touched on some of the snacking and screen rules earlier, but there's a lot to air travel and airports and just almost managing the chaos. One thing, cause I've traveled so much in airports with small kids. There is, there are so many rules that aren't even yours because you've got security, you've got gates, you've got boarding processes. Um, so we have just a smattering of, I would call these good tips and house rules, but they're kind of all over the map and they have to do with, you know, not going crazy at the airport with small kids. So do you want to kind of toss out a couple? Yeah. So I love the very first one from Madeline. This is so how I run my family. So Madeline says in the airport, you're responsible for carrying something. Doesn't matter if it's iPad, lovey backpack, whatever. I want the insurance of hands to yourself hands occupied so that I'm doing more sheepdog style herding (laughs) than holding hands to the airport. I mean, that's brilliant. And that's really how I've handled 
both air travel and just regular travel. Like everyone has something they're responsible for, even little, little kids. If they're able to walk, they, even if they're able to be pushed in a stroller, but still hold something, that's what they have to do. And you'll find that kids take a lot of responsibility for those things. Mm -hmm. Um, They will really take it very seriously that it's their job to hold on to their little pack or their little, and you'll know if your kids aren't really quite able to manage the responsibility of hanging on to an electronic, you put that in your bag. You don't put that on them, yeah. but you still give them something. Mm-hmm. You give them something that's their responsibility. Then every, it's like a team sport. Um, and like everyone's kind of in it together. Um, Valerie says, once we get on the plane, we buckle up and stay buckled. I'm not battling getting the seatbelt back on. I'm not sure my kids even understand that it's an option to take your seatbelt off. <laughs> and the great thing about that is if you give their, your kids their, you know, something to keep them occupied as soon as they're buckled up, they're not looking at the like seatbelt unbuckled line, you know, or a little thingy. And sometimes I forget that's even happening. And the bing is kind of quiet and the airplane's pretty loud. So I don't really think kids even kind of know what's going on there. My kids just know that the buckle stays on unless they're going to the bathroom. And I know that could be harder to do with like really little kids who need to kind of get up and move around and sit, you know, like when you're in flight, um, maybe are a little more mobile, but for bigger kids, definitely. I kind of feel like they might not even know that it's an option to get them off. So right. why, why clue them in? Right. Um, and then for Emily, Emily says for airport travel, we run the legs off of them in the airport. So they're more interested in sitting when it comes to the airplane, no snacks or food until belted and seated, which is a great incentive. And then they try all the other toys and books before the screen is introduced. Then the screens come out. They take a five, they take five for themselves and relax. Um, and that's, you know, I feel like then you like use up all the stuff that's parent, uh, ex- like that exhausts the parents uh-huh. first. And then when it's time, you just hand over the screen and then you kick back. And probably that by that point, the kids are like, man, if I start whining, my parents are going to make me play games again or something with them. So <laughs> I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to be on the screen the whole time. And I find that like, once you've exhausted everything else, those screens really, it's almost like they get more mileage mm-hmm. out yes. of the screen. Once you've used up every other option. Um, these were two other things that came up. Both a- Amy said, no one over two is allowed to be carried in the airport. It's the airport's rule. <laughs> so she doesn't even, it's not even her rule. And Madeline also said in the airport, if you can walk, you're walking. And I just love that Amy actually pinned that on the airport. Yes. Because, yes. you know, anytime you can blame the rule on somebody else, like some other entity where, you're not in charge. And we've talked about that a lot. It's just the house rule. I'm yep. sorry. It's just the rule. It's the rule. It's just how things are. Um, I also love that Madeline, when she said, if you can walk, you're walking, unless you run or are not a great listener, then you shall be strapped to my back with a toddler carrier. And I yep. have um, ultravioleted myself through many an airport with her on my back in an ergo. So we're not suggesting or no one's suggesting you don't have to do any of these rules. But I think the, the, if you can walk, you're walking, um, and no, you know, no one over two is allowed to be carried that works when the kid can walk and can stay with the pack and wear their little backpack. Um, but if that is not working, that's where your carriers and your strollers come in because, you know, the last thing mom needs is to be chasing the, the, the Isaacs of the world through the airport. (laughs) Exactly. And I also want to say much like many of the things we talk about with training little kids, like teaching them how to load a dishwasher or whatever it is. 
they're not going to get it right the first 25 times. Like your little kid is not actually going to be good at managing all their own stuff in a backpack when you get on a plane. They're right. still going to need a lot of help. But I will say now, and, and for many years now, my kids are great at packing for themselves and I don't have to help them anymore because they all just have a general sense of what stuff they need to have. And if they forget it, it's forgotten. And if they forgot their charger, that's on them. And so they've all become really, really good at it, but it takes a long time and a lot of repetition. So this isn't about like actually expecting your kid to carry their own stuff and actually know what's in their bag or like right. when they're allowed to use it. It's more just a practice of like everyone's responsible for something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of kids think it's kind of fun too. So yes, um, absolutely. Well, before we leave the airport, I just have to shout out Aaron because this was the best like summation of, I think the way airport or airplane house rules work. And she said for their family, when we're on an airplane, if the answer can be yes, the answer is yes. And what I took from that is the airplane already has so many rules. You have to stay seated. You have to stay buckled. You cannot bring certain types of food or drink or toys or whatever on the plane. It is filled with rules that are provided by the airline. And that's really, I mean, that alone is kind of a whole is hard for families. So, yeah. so by saying that, what she's saying is like the rules are already in place. If you're allowed to do it on the airplane, you can do it. And I think she was mostly talking about, you can eat whatever you want. You can drink whatever you want. You can play the iPad for as long as you want. You're not allowed to get up and run around. You're not allowed to stand on the seat. You're that's the airplane's rules. So there's kind of like a nice natural container of rules and then everything else is a yes. And, and it's fun to say yes to your kids. Like, yeah, you want it apple is. juice again? Sure. Like you can have that. So, and it might be free depending on yeah. the airport or yeah. there might be a free television. There might be a free movie yeah. that you, we would never have thought to rent at home, but you can just access it on, on the app while yes. we're like in, in the air. I mean, that's really fun because it's so novel. Yes, exactly. Um, and it, it limits their options like in an amazing way. Yes, so. exactly. There's enough nose built in that if the answer can be yes, the answer is yes. And I love that. Um, we got several different and genius house rules for staying either in hotels or rented places. And I'm going to just shout out a few rather quickly because they're very different from each other. Becca says all bags get unpacked if we are spending more than one night. I love that. I might incorporate that into my family. I don't know that I've ever been consistent about that. Laura says, maybe this is terrible, but our kids are allowed to jump on hotel room beds. They're not allowed to jump on beds at home, but they do these long road trips twice a year with 12 hour days. And in their family, you're allowed to jump on hotel beds. And I love that very much. Diana says, sleeping arrangements are based on maximizing sleep in a strange place, not what makes sense or is typical at home. And I feel, Diana, that I need some kind of a, I need some kind of a cleverly worded house rule around this because my kids are older. And a bit entitled about like, I want this room. I want, we did a rented cabin in March, like up in the mountains. And I seriously threw like a mom tantrum when they started looking, they were looking at like the Airbnb pictures and be like, well, I want this room. I want this room. I'm like, you guys haven't been on a vacation in 15 months and you're fighting about <laughs> a, a cabin that has enough space for everybody. Like I wanted to shut the whole thing down. I was so irritated. So I love Diana's like, mom's going to decide where everyone sleeps and it's not the same as how it works at home and it's not up for debate. So that is, it's like a shut down the debate house rule. Um, Christina has little kids who've stayed in a hotel and they made a routine that all the shoes go in the closet and then we wash hands every time we come home to the hotel. And I love that because when you're staying in a different space, it's easy to let all of your home routines go. 
But kids do really well with expectations and routines. Washing hands, never a bad yep. thing. Um, knowing where your shoes are when it's time to leave because you, you're not at home. So you don't have your usual shoe places. Right. So I, that's something I would do too, is be like, okay, we're settling into this Airbnb. Like here's the quick system. Like here's where we keep the shoes or here's where you hang your coat. So I love that. Um, right. shoes and coats in the closet has been a lifesaver for me because not only the th- what you just said, but tripping over shoes is a big thing in yes. hotel rooms. And it makes me extremely stabby. And the other one to me would be swimsuits get hung over the um, yes. shower. Yes. Bar because otherwise you walk into the bathroom and there's just like a mound of wet swimsuits on the floor. And that's the kind of thing that like at home, you maybe wouldn't even notice because we all spread out, but in that little tiny space, ugh, you need, yeah, yeah you need you have some, less some order. You need, yes, you need yep. order. Um, Rachel shortened the bedtime routine when they were staying at a rented cabin and, um, several listeners in the Facebook group were like, Oh, that's genius. I need to do that. And Megan, you and I are past this, but if your kids are used to three or four stories and a song and this back rubbing situation, and it can be really hard on vacation to go through the whole, the whole thing. So if your kids are flexible enough and you can pull it off, Rachel said, we only do one quick story or one chapter for each kid before bedtime while on vacation, instead of the longer routine we do at home. Again, I think it's about you start out the trip and you're like, okay, guys, this is what we're, this is what we do on vacation. This is how our family does it. And in many cases, the kids, they might grumble and they might take a night or two, but they're going to adjust because it's because you you've declared it to be the rule. So I love that. Right. Um, and then lastly, Emily just said that they avoid staying at a hotel at all costs because Airbnbs have saved us and their collective sleep on so many occasions. So that is a family yeah. rule about where they stay. All right. Well, we um, got several thoughts on souvenirs and gift shopping um, and spending money. Do you want to take these, Megan? Yeah. Yes. Because this was something for me that's definitely evolved over the years with my kids where, um, we've had like rules that have changed sometimes trip by trip more than once in a year, depending on where we were going, how much spending money the kids had, how expensive we anticipated souvenirs to be. And then individual kids, personalities, some kids are great at being really decisive about spending. And some kids take so long that to allow them a chance to gift shop everywhere you go would be literal torture. So, um, I love having rules around this, but these are definitely ones I would say be flexible in allowing yourself to change them in a way that makes you sane. Um, so Lindsay says, if we go to a zoo or aquarium or anywhere like that, we never buy anything from the gift shop. And I think that's a totally legit choice. Um, but then Elizabeth has like a slightly different version of that. She says, if you see something you want when we're at the store, write it down on your Christmas or birthday list or bring your own money for it. And then that requires that you provide them with money, right? Or that you allow them to bring their own money. And that's like a totally different thing. Heidi says, well, when they were little and we left a zoo, they could pick one of those nice, realistic, small, heavy duty plastic animals. That was it. The rest of the shop was not allowed. What I love about that rule is it's like guiding your kids toward the thing that is the least objectionable to yes. you that still gives them some control so or some sense of like, I get to pick something, but it's like a limited scaled down version. And I used to do the same thing, not at the zoo and not at like, um, souvenir shops, but they would have that, I believe like at target, mm-hmm. the Blake, I believe were the animals, like those hard, heavy, like is one of like, 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 yep. That's what I'm thinking of. And they were kind of like the price was sort of predictable. Like they would be between, I don't know, seven and 11 or $12 or something like that. So I kind of knew what the spend would be. They still got some choice but they knew that was it. That was the only thing they could look at. So they weren't even going to go bother walking up and down the other aisles. And I think, especially for kids who have a hard time choosing, 
limiting their choices can be really helpful. Um, Curious says, we go to Disneyland usually once, if not twice a year, and they go get a Disney gift card for each kid loaded with whatever they're allowed to spend, maybe like $30. They can spend it on candy or souvenirs. Once the gift card runs out, they're done. And I just think that like what I like about all of these rules and all of the rules we've talked about today in general is they're not all the same. In fact, they may all be very different. Like maybe your rule is you get uh, an allowance to spend and you can spend it however you want. And maybe your rule is you don't get to spend anything at all. But having some some kind of guideline yep. in place just makes it like everyone knows the expectation. And I think it creates less spinning and mental, um, I don't know, just going over something again and again and again. And some kids really fixate on things and can't move past them. Yep. And, you know, if you've got multiple kids in your family, the different personalities can really rub you the wrong way and really grate against each other in something like a souvenir shop. Yep. Um, I remember several times only allowing my kids two quarters and a penny because that's how much it would cost to go to one of those things where you take the penny. I knew exactly what you were going to say. flattens it. Yes. Okay. So they would get two quarters and a penny and that was their souvenir. So we would know that they could go put their two quarters and their penny in and they'd get a flat penny at the end. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is ridiculous. It's a stupid souvenir, but whatever. All they wanted is to put money. They just wanted to put money in something and get something out of it. Okay. I can allow that. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I have a couple of things to say on this. First of all, souvenir shopping and kids picking out a trinket not only costs money and sometimes results in meltdowns, it also takes like an exorbitant amount of time that um that can like kind of derail a day. So another thing that having parameters, whether that's a spending parameter or like Heidi, this is what you get to choose from. I love that plastic animal tip so much because first of all, I love those realistic plastic animals. They're great to have a collection of at home. Um, and it's so limited. So it also like I could also see a, a rule being you're spending your own money, but we also don't spend more than 20 minutes in any gift shop. So I'm going to set a timer right. and wait outside the front door for your older kids who are like eight or nine. And I'll see you out here in 20 minutes, whether or not you decide to purchase something, because nothing is more aggravating than a kid who's taking 45 minutes to buy junk. It's just like it's enough to send me over the edge. And that's the other thing I was going to say about spending money and, and souvenirs. They can bring up a lot of conflicting feelings for moms, or at least for me, for this mom, which is that sometimes in a vacation, you want to spoil your kids. You want to like create these unbelievable experiences and see their faces light up. And then you're also like, you always also have to be the bad guy. And I can, I can vacillate wildly between the two. So I think the beauty of a lot of these house rules and expectations is I'm not called in every moment to decide like, Am I going to be the fun mom or the mean mom? The expectations already been decided once, as the lazy genius would say, like we've decided once and now the system takes over and I don't have to ride that emotional roller coaster myself, like depending on the mood. Have I had my coffee? Like, no, you don't get a souvenir. You know, it's not right. It's not so um, dependent on my mood. Yep. Yes. And I remember having to pick up a child who had turned himself into lead. I don't know how they can do (laughs) that. Um, Who didn't want to leave a gift shop because... He was out of money. I don't even remember now what it was. It was on Mackinac Island, which is a very touristy area in Michigan. And we had told him he couldn't buy, I believe it was like a fake cigar. That might've been what it was, like why we didn't want him to do it. But I don't really remember, to be honest. And we had to pick him up and carry him out because like the rule was the rule and he did not enjoy the rule. And he sat down and turned his body into like 150 pounds. I don't know how they do that. His body got really, really heavy. And so, but we had to like pick him up and carry him out. And it was, there was no emotion. It was just like, we're not going to stand here all day watching you melt down because you want this thing. And we already, the rule is the rule. 
it was just all, it was just very calm, I yeah. guess is the way I'd put it. Yeah. Because there's no bickering. There's no arguing. There's no debating. It's just, this is just what it is. Well, and that's, a, yeah. that brings me to a good point, which is every mom who submitted these house rules probably got to that rule because of an unpleasant experience. So like, right. you're not going to avoid trip meltdowns or, or road trips gone bad or like horrific airplane experiences, but you're going to come up with like the next time you're going to do better. And that's kind of the beauty yep. of these. And I think we're, we're flattening the learning curve for people who want to maybe try out some of these house rules while they're on vacation. Yeah. Okay. Well, we covered a lot, but we actually didn't even cover every single house rule that, that people submitted. So if you're curious about reading through these comment threads, um, they're in two places. One is our Facebook group. So you got to be in there and then I'll link to it and please join us there. Um, there are a few questions that you'll be asked when you um, ask to join and fill those out. And then you'll see the thread because I'll link to it. And then Instagram, which is our public Instagram. So you can be there no matter what. Um, there was a comment thread there, too. So I will link to both those in the show notes and you can read through even more house rules for while we're on vacation. Yeah, we got so many good ones. So definitely do that. So many good ones. So just a quick heads up. So it, we're going into the 4th of July weekend coming up. And usually our voices interview episode would be the first Friday of the month. But since this month, that's kind of the Friday of a big, long holiday weekend, we bumped it a week. So I have a really great interview actually with someone from the Red Cross about disaster preparedness in your home. It's something we've gotten a lot of requests for an expert to weigh yep. in on. Um, so whether you live in hurricane country or tornado country or wildfire earthquake, um, but it's not a scary episode. It's really, really helpful and geared toward families. So that'll be Friday, uh, July 9th instead of the first Friday of the month. Just a heads up. Looking forward to that one because that's definitely something I mean to think about and yeah. sometimes forget to think about or don't want to think about, but uh -huh. it's good to be prepared. Um, so yes, yeah, so we're coming up on the 4th of July weekend. So happy, safe 4th of July, everyone. And we will talk to you next Tuesday. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the mom hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple podcasts, just navigate to the mom hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole, and then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.